Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 164. That'll be the last time that I say welcome to Gunfighter Cast because the next time we come on here, I'll be saying welcome to the Mag Life Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with Varg Freeborn. Hey, Varg, how are you today? I'm pretty good, Daniel. How are you? Doing pretty good, too. Hey, we had a quite eventful weekend, and Varg and I were discussing what we wanted to talk about on today's podcast. And there's a lot happening out there in the world. Gunfighter Cast has traditionally not gotten very political, and it's not going to today. We're not going to get into any of that stuff. But there is a serious threat, and there's a lot of, you know, went way beyond threats, a lot of violence happening across the country right now, and a lot of things happening that really make it seem like there's going to be an increase in violence. And what that's going to continue to look like and grow into. Nobody really knows, but it is something that I think we need to be aware about or aware of, and we're going to talk about it a little bit and maybe a few ways that we can prepare for whatever may come and uh, whatever's happening right now and potentially avoid it. So, Vark, you kind of up to speed on the news and, and what's happening out there in the world? This past weekend, we saw a marked increase in violence surrounding protests. And like you said, me personally and also us on this show, we don't get into the tribalism and picking sides and all that kind of stuff. Despite whatever your personal feelings might be, the best thing that we can do from this position as podcasters and bloggers and instructors and teachers is talk about the objective threats and the ways to avoid them and how to recognize it, how to avoid it, how to deal with it, that kind of stuff. And in order to do that, you have to step away from the whole picking sides thing and, and getting emotionally wrapped up in it. So that's what we're going to do today. I think that's a good plan for everybody if you're going to look at preparing to deal with this. This past weekend, we had a major shooting in a protest in Austin. And there was a protester with a rifle and there was a, a car that tried to drive through the protest. That guy with the rifle ends up getting shot to death. Another protester ended up shooting at the vehicle also. So there was like three guns involved in that. There was a shooting in Aurora, Colorado. A Jeep drove through a protest. Protester opened fire on the Jeep, missed the Jeep mostly, and ended up hitting two other of their fellow protesters. And most notably in Louisville, we had hundreds of militia show up on different sides of the aisle fully kitted out, fully armed, and one of the militias had a negligent discharge in their staging area, injured two or three of their own members. And I think I saw there was another event that was really crazy where a group of protesters had stopped a truck trying to drive through, and the occupant of the truck drew a gun and put it in the protester's face, and the protester then drew a gun and put it in his face. And they're literally viciously talking and yelling at each other with guns pointed just inches from their faces. Things are getting pretty crazy out there, Daniel. It is. It's, it's getting pretty wild. You know, I looked into a few of these a little bit. The only one I really looked heavily in was the one in Austin because I saw that that the the gentleman with the AK was was killed and there was a few conflicting stories in there. It looked like that this guy was marching with his AK and then it turned into a gunfight with the guy in the car and the guy with the AK was killed and there was uh, an interview with that gentleman a few hours before this event happened before he was killed where there was quite a bit of bravado going there. Like it looked to me from just my perspective and what I saw, this guy was out marching with an AK, not looking to get killed, but he was potentially looking for a fight. 
he was looking for a confrontation. Yes, and he specifically had said, not in these specific words, but that these people that might oppose him are too much of sissies to actually do anything about it. And that guy ended up getting shot to death later. And so I want to go back and caution us against getting into the speculation about who shot first and who's justified at this level. I don't think this level, I don't think justification is what you should be thinking about because you're allowing yourself to get drawn into the tribal part of the emotional swamp. Right. And that's going to be where you're going to lose your ability to make good decisions because you're emotionally charged on some level in some way, rather than thinking, well, if it was this or if it was that, then I'll feel a certain way about it. How you should feel is that, and I say should feel in terms of the best way to prepare to deal with this type of violence coming in our country, is to look at it objectively and say, okay, all that I need to know right now is that people are showing up at politically or socially or racially charged events with guns and they're now shooting each other. That's important information. All the rest of it is just details that really don't matter if you're not involved in those fights. Just knowing that people are showing up at these events and not just one, but over the weekend, multiple events where people were pulling guns on each other and people were shooting each other. We've entered this stage now where it's went from holding signs and yelling to throwing bricks and, and rocks, and now it's carrying guns openly, and then it went to carrying guns openly and brandishing on each other, and now we're shooting each other at these events. And this is important information. That's where the detail doesn't have to go much deeper than that for you to start using that information to prepare to make yourself safe and understand how to deal with mob violence and stuff like that, which I think we're going to get into on this show today. Yeah, that's not to say that later on, when we get more information and have full reports on these incidents, that there aren't plenty of lessons to be learned from those things as far as use of force and justification and even what happened maybe down the road in the courtroom. Because there's a lot of things that are happening right now that are in some ways a bit unprecedented, at least in in the last 20 years or so. So this is kind of new. There may be some good stuff we get in the future, but I totally agree with, with what you said, Mark. There's a lot of surface information right now that will give us plenty of work to do, that will give us plenty of information to act on, maybe help us develop the right attitude around this to stay with our mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. And stuff like that, when real information comes out later, you can spend time looking at it if you want to. If it's speculation and you're really just wasting your energy that should be better spent on things that you know that you need to do or that you know is good information. And like I said, good information at this point is that people are showing up at protests with guns and shooting each other. That's enough to act on right there. So some ways that, you know, we can act on that information, I think would be good to talk about at this point. What do you, what do you think are some ways that we could take that information about the escalation of violence and what we're clearly seeing happen and act on that in some way in our own lives, Daniel? Well, I think in a lot of ways, nothing changes for me. My outlook, you know, I've been preparing for this kind of stuff for a long time. My hope is that this gives a sense of urgency to a lot more people to one, be more prepared. And, you know, we recently did an episode on home defense where we can harden our house, harden our structure, protect our families better. Equipment, gear, we always like to, well, I got to make sure I got some ammo, right? I think people should have ammo right now. I totally think people should be thinking about getting ammo. If they don't have much ammo, get more of it. And I'm not trying to fear monger, scare. I don't even sell ammo. Gun Mag doesn't sell ammo, but I, I would have some more ammunition, have some more magazines. We do sell those. We'll take care of those needs for you and have those filled up. If you haven't went out and you haven't pulled the trigger on a training event, jumped in and, and started 
actually getting some good training with your handgun and your rifle, the weapon side of it, but also training the mind and thinking and a lot of other training opportunities out there, the medical piece. Like if you haven't done this stuff yet, you are so far behind. It is time. You have to do it. I don't know what's coming down. I don't know where this is going to go, but this is a, a very dangerous time. I could be driving with my family somewhere and come across one of these events that I didn't know was going on and find myself in a shooting match tomorrow with my everybody that I love in the car with me. And I need to be ready to deal with that, deal with the aftermath of that, deal with every bit of it. So there's a lot happening right now, and it is, um, it's some scary times to be unprepared. So if there's anything that we can do to be a bit more prepared, it's going to be a good thing. Absolutely. And, you know, I start out with, I just wrote an article about this on my personal blog yesterday. It was super popular, like it's been shared all over the place. And, and I talked about a couple of ways to prepare for these kind of things. And the first thing, just like I teach in classes or anytime we're talking about conflict and violence is avoidance is the first best option. And there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You know, like I question the motives of some of these people that are driving through protests. I can understand there are times that are, and I'm seeing videos of times where people are legitimately caught off guard and they're in it and they can't get out of it. I just watched a video over the weekend of a very nice motorhome caught on the interstate in a traffic jam. And these people were just climbing all over the motorhome, opening the storage compartments on the side, stealing stuff. It was, they were being mobbed and there was nothing they could do to avoid that. They were on an interstate that they had no idea a spontaneous protest was going to shut down. So you can get caught in this. Well, let, let but me, if it's, there's, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, man, but like there's a, there's a lot of folks out there, and I think the listeners of this show are not in this category at all, but they probably have friends and family members who are totally in this category. I have a friend of mine that I've known for many years, and his daughter had no idea what she was driving into. She was just heading to work, and she ended up in the middle of one of these mobs. And she was just rolled her window down and smiled and was like, oh, hey, I'm just going to pull in here. And thinking that they were totally going to let her in because they're minding business. She was thinking they're a peaceful protest, no big deal, whatever else. She was getting assaulted. She barely got away. But she was totally oblivious that this was a danger. She didn't even know that her life was in danger right then. What we've seen historically of recent events of law enforcement officers and their patrol cars pulling up, people accidentally pulling into the middle of these mobs, people doing it on purpose. It's immediate violence. Everybody's keying in on this one vehicle, this one person, and they don't care who it is. Cute little girl, big burly bearded man, doesn't matter. They are doing violent things immediately to these people. We got to inform them. Yeah. And, and if you don't, if you have a normalcy bias that prohibits you from seeing that possibility, avoidance becomes impossible, right? Like you just, you can't avoid something you don't believe is going to happen. But if you can break past that normalcy bias and, and think about what you're seeing happening in the news and in what you're seeing really happening in our cities, then you can take a step back and say, okay, I can do some things to avoid this. And, you know, there's a couple, if you really want to avoid it, then understand the areas that you're going to go into research that there's nothing going on there. If you're traveling somewhere, look at if there's been patterns in the past you know, week of anything developing in those areas. You can look at threads on Reddit, local Facebook groups. You can quietly watch groups that are involved in these movements. And I won't name any of these groups, but you know who they are on all sides of the fence. And you can find out what's going on in your area or what's going on in the area you're going to. And, and that can help. 
And there's a lot of other things you can do. If you see something a couple miles down the road that looks questionable, find another route. The biggest thing that I think we're seeing, and this is where a lot of people are going to go off the tracks with my suggestion, is, you know, this stand your ground mentality. And I get it. I really understand it. And if that's your prerogative, I just suggest that you do it in a way that doesn't endanger. Don't drag your family into it. When you're riding down the street and your family's in the car and everything you love and care about's in the car and there's people in that vehicle that can't defend themselves properly, children or someone who's not trained or not armed, that dragging them into a fight so you can stand your ground on some principles is a very irresponsible thing to do. Not the time to prove a point. Absolutely not. And that's just one suggestion. I don't suggest that you do standing your ground principle conflicts ever because they never end well and they don't change anybody's mind. The thing that comes out of it is just nothing good, right? Whatever happens, whatever the result is, is is never anything good. And you think that you're pushing back, you're offering a resistance against something that's encroaching on your way of life, but it's really just heading towards conflict, a wider level of conflict. And if that's going to happen, that's inevitable. So the time to fight is the time you choose to fight, not when something like that, a cause picks you, you pick a cause, you pick a time to fight that. It's not like rolling up on a random violence where somebody just decides to mug you or carjack you in the street. This is something that you're emotionally attached to. You can see it coming. So there's no reason to go get dragged into it right away unnecessarily. That's my advice anyway. Now, what do you think, Dan? You know, I've always been anti-carrying guns for political purposes. I carry guns for self-defense, for protecting those that I care about myself. So I can stay here on this planet, continue to care about them and protect them and uh, provide for them. Not to prove a point, not to anything else. Not to, as a form of communication, unless that form of communication is being used to change behavior that needs to be changed or I'm in more danger. So yeah, no, I'm in agreement. One of the things that really concerned me this weekend, maybe it came out last week, but I saw it this weekend and I checked it and I found it on multiple websites. So it seems reputable. Earlier this morning, I texted a friend of mine that's with Seattle PD to really verify this thing. I haven't heard back from him yet. Works nights a lot, so he's probably sleeping. This letter from the police chief of Seattle that's talking about the ordinance that was put out by the city council not allowing the law enforcement officers to use riot control and, and less lethal and non-lethal uh, munitions and different things out there to control some of these mobs and riots. And the police chief basically stated that they're not going to send their officers in to these areas without the appropriate tools to protect their people, to protect themselves, to quell some of these riots and some of these protests. So the essence of this letter was, you're on your own. You're on your own right now. We cannot stop them from going in and hurting you, stealing your stuff, defacing your property, destroying your property, burning down everything you've worked for. You are on your own. And that is in the United States of America, in a major city. That by itself is a very scary thing. And the city council, they all know what's happening. And they're either for it or there's something more malicious going on. But this is some extremely, extremely scary times right here where we have police chiefs putting down things like that. We see things like this from deputies or from sheriffs sometimes, and especially rural areas. We'll see it where the, the sheriff says, hey, you need to have a firearm to protect yourself. You need to do this. You need to do that. I don't remember the last time I saw a police chief say these things and go just this heavily against the city council and say, basically tell the public that we can't help you. You were on your own in this major city? Well, when the local government cripples the ability for them to do their job, they are not going to do their job. And there's also lots of other 
instances where we've seen law enforcement be overwhelmed in some way or another. Natural disasters, Katrina, you know, all these classic examples of times of lawlessness actually take over and uh, law enforcement isn't capable of keeping up with the issue. Now you know it. You're always on your own. You should think that. You should always think that you're on your own. It's up to you to protect yourself and your family. You can't rely on the government or anyone else to do that for you. So in the sense of what you were talking about in the beginning, that nothing changes for you, that should never change for anyone. You should always know that. And it shouldn't take an event like this for you to sit back and say, oh, wow, I'm not going to get protected now. You weren't protected before. You were just, you know, now you know it for sure, right? And now it's been proven to you that you're not protected. Now, not only do you know it, but the people who've been saying they'll protect you are also admitting that they're not going to be able to protect you. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can step back now and say, okay, this training thing and this having the responsibility to take care of myself and take care of my loved ones and be my own protection, be my own first responder, have my own medical, you know, first responding care, self-treatment equipment and knowledge and skills. That kind of stuff is very important. And if you're just getting on board and realizing that now with the recent events, that's that's good. You're behind the curve and you need to catch up. So you better get on it and better get moving quick because I don't know how much time we're going to have if this keeps escalating the way that it is. Somebody were just jumping into this and maybe they thought they were a little bit prepared, but then they realized like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit underprepared. And they're, you know, they're being real with themselves and, and, and they're understanding where they're, they really are at. They want to start moving in the right direction. What do you propose? Well, I think that your strength and fitness should be number one because no skill and no amount of weapons, no amount of gear or knowledge or any of that is useful if your body cannot move to deliver it. All of the knowledge and all of the skills and all the equipment require your ability to physically deliver those. If you get overwhelmed physically by the smallest tasks like going up a flight of stairs or something happens that's a little chaotic and you physiologically heart rate goes up and your breathing rate increases and now you can't think straight, all of the other preparations are not going to help you at that point. So strength and fitness, number one, and then have some weapons training, have some a little bit of fight training have some medical training, have the gear to support those skills, and learn about clarifying your mission so that all of those things make sense. They all fall in line. You have guidelines to pick the gear from, to pick what you're going to train for. That's the key. And if you have your mission in line, and what I mean by that is if you're just like an average civilian, your mission probably is something like I just want to make it home and live out a long, happy life with my family intact, right? And if that's your true goal, if that's your mission, then all the decisions you make should be based on that mission. And if you're ever put in a position where your ego is challenged and you decide to stand your ground, you should understand you're stepping outside of that mission. You're risking failure of that mission because you could get yourself into a conflict that you don't make it home and you don't get to take care of your family. And now they're left without your support. That's a failure of mission because you stepped out of line of what your intended mission was. So if your mission is something that says, okay, I want to defend justice everywhere and stand my ground for everything that happens, then be clear about that. You know, if that's what it is, be clear about what it is and let that guide your choices. But if that's not your mission, then be clear about that for sure and let that guide every decision you make about what you train, where you go, how far you go into a conflict or an argument. Everything should be decided based on that mission. Yeah, we recently did the podcast. We talked for like 45 minutes about mission. 
And then we did another podcast on self-control. I think both of those are very important. You know, you talked about training and, you know, with, with weapons training, whatever it was. With that, the training that you take is often not just how to use the handgun, how to use the rifle. For example, if you came to one of my classes, I'm going to try to get you to enter a new world, a new way of thinking, a new way of taking initiative and using initiative-based tactics, a new way of, of seeing things and how to react to those and pre-planning and making decisions before things happen, just understanding what it means and what it is to think tactically to stay with your mission. To, to keep within that mission and not violate your own mission and fail at it. So it's a, you're going to get a lot more with these, you know, good trainer out there isn't just going to be how to use your handgun. There's going to be a lot of this thinking part of it. So we're training the mind, we're training the body, uh, we're training the software's integration with the hardware, all those things at the same time. And just like Vark said about physical fitness, none of that matters without having that platform, but it also none of that matters if we don't have the appropriate self-control the ability to control ourselves and we don't understand our mission and have the self-control to stay with that mission. Absolutely. And I'd like to add that if you're going to think about surviving in these times, in these coming months and maybe years, the first thing that I think I would try to accomplish in in the category of self-control is to resist being emotionally charged by any headline or any video or any post on social media or anything you see that comes at you from a remote distance. If you're emotionally charged and you get just noticeably upset or angry or excited over something that's written in print or something that you're, you're seeing and passing on your phone, you're allowing something outside of yourself to take control of you and your emotions. And then your decision making is going to be based on those emotions. And so now your decision making is not entirely yours anymore. You become, number one, very predictable and very controllable. And also, you're not in control of yourself. You're controllable to outside forces. Resisting the urge to get into the whole thing about picking sides and getting upset about things, that's what sets you up for that egotistical dive into the dark side one day when you're just like driven into a conflict because you just can't back away from it based on principle. That's from accumulating so much emotional charging through reading this stuff and getting angry about it and looking at things and posting on social media. And next thing you know, you're out on the street and somebody says, why are you not wearing a mask or you don't support such and such a movement and and you're like, screw you. And then you're in a big fight and somebody gets shot and killed because you spent all this time getting worked up to what should have been an, a disagreement or a conversation you could walk away from. Now you didn't and now you're dead or worse. You're crippled for life or whatever, right? So the things that charge you up emotionally, you should recognize those immediately and stop yourself from allowing that to happen step back and be logical, be rational, and be objective about your decision-making. I may sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat here, and that's all right. This is what I truly believe. There are powers at play right now, and if you can't see them, you're not paying attention. There's a lot happening right now that is 100% by design, and it's not being designed by amateurs. This isn't the junior varsity team. These people know what they're doing. They know how to push your buttons. They know how to have one thing going on while we're over here arguing about wearing a mask or not. And the way people are getting fired up on social media, getting turned against each other, the way the media is doing their best to not paint an accurate picture, but to do something that is going to emotionally charge people. And even in some ways, keep them enraged, keep them out there doing violence. There's some serious, incredible psychological warfare happening right now in this country. And it's going to keep happening. 
and it's going to keep getting worse. I'm 100% on board with that. And I'm telling you right now that this stuff goes back to the 1920s with advertising and corporate marketing and how they figured out Edward Bernays in the beginning and, and perception management. You know, go back and study the Bernays methods of public opinion shaping and perception management. This is stuff they knew a hundred years ago. And through corporate advertising and coupling that with understanding psychology and doing psychological data-driven studies, they've perfected this. And if you think that political forces have not adopted those techniques of advertising, then I don't know what to tell you because there's absolute evidence that this stuff works to move people in a direction you want them to go in. And that's how they started advertising to get you to buy products or get you hooked on the idea of going to a certain place or doing a certain thing or using a certain product. And then it just became a political thing where the, the political forces picked up on it. And now anyone who wants to influence you and has that reach can use these same techniques and you will be just as emotionally charged. I mean, it, it's science. Yeah, we have to recognize it and suppress it and have the self-control to realize that this is what's happening, that I am being manipulated right now, not jumping into this argument. And I've been guilty many times of jumping into these arguments and these things. We saw one of the first attacks begin to happen. You know, we saw it on, on the Second Amendment. We, we kind of always have this, this Second Amendment fight going down. But then these last couple of years, we have seen more infighting. You know, we, we like to eat our own in the gun world a lot anyway, but we often attack each other in a lot of different ways. We saw a lot of the the Second Amendment community, or at least gun owners, maybe not even part of the community per se, like they're not active, start to be turned against each other. A lot of things with the NRA, with bump stocks, with a lot of things where there was a, an us against them mentality within the firearms world. And then we started seeing it with you know racial side and law enforcement. And now it's virtuous for you to do exactly as the government says, and it's not virtuous to go against anything. Never mind all the different scientific studies that say different things. Nobody really knows what's going on right now, but there's people who fight and argue against people that they used to care about and used to love until they get to the point of hate and just not being kind to each other at all, just totally turning against each other because everybody thinks that they're a molecular biologist and infectious disease PhD out there because they read an article on the internet somewhere. We have to take a step back and remember, above all else, be a good person. Be kind to each other. If we can stay with those tenets, with being having self-control, kindness, gratitude, love for your fellow man, if you want to sound like a hippie a little bit over here, one love, whatever, then we won't let them divide us. They're trying their best right now. They're doing everything they can, and that is going to be the only thing that stops it. And also having the preparedness and a plan for the people that don't get on board with the love train and how to deal with those people too. Man, scary times, Varg, seriously. I'm not trying to make an, an episode here just to scare people. Hopefully people out there listening do really see what's happening yeah. and you're not just flipping on CNN or Fox News or whatever and just taking everything for face value, whatever's being shown to them right then, because you're not getting accuracy. You're just not. And we're in some dangerous times, some scary times. It's pretty, uh, pretty rough. Oh, you know what? I just got a text from, uh, from my buddy up in Seattle. It looks like a judge has issued a temporary restraining order against the city. So the ban on crowd control has been suspended. So apparently somebody took heed of that, um, police chief's message out there of the, you're on your own. And, you know, there's being steps taken. Hey, we still have good people out there. We still have good law enforcement officers. 
I believe that we may have one or two decent people in the federal government, maybe a few in state and local governments, wherever you're at. One or two. There's not many, man. <laughs> there can't be. But if we could, if we could get behind those people and we could be that force for good, for positive change and not be part of the problem, man, because there, there's so many people, either you're on the team and part of the solution or you're being part of the problem. And we have so many people right now being a part of the problem. But I do truly believe that they are a very, very loud minority. And I think that the good people out there that just want to be left alone, there are many, many more of them. And if they became awoken, and I'm not talking about the pop culture type woke, I'm talking about waking the sleeping giant type woke, this could get really bad really quick when these good people are pushed over the edge. And I really hope for the sake of my kids and this country that we don't get there. Me too. Guys, that was the final episode of Gunfighter Cast. Moment of silence. Silence over. It has been a pleasure doing Gunfighter Cast for all these years. Started in like 2007, 2008. Now we are becoming the Mag Life Podcast. The next episode, we'll have a new graphic up, new name, new everything. Same podcast, same people talking, same subjects, same things that hopefully you care about. If it's not, let us know what you do care about. We'll talk about that. I might even have you on and talk to you about it. But I appreciate you staying with me this long and continue to listen and share it with your friends and tell your friends to go over here and download this podcast, listen to it, get something out of it, and share that knowledge as part of warriorship. It's not only being a warrior yourself, but also spreading that warriorship, making it contagious, making it more contagious than COVID. Coin that phrase, even though it's my corny dad joke for the show. Guys, that was uh, episode number 164, final one for Gunfighter Cast. Varg, got anything? Final thoughts? I saw you unmute. I just would like to say, stay safe out there. Don't let people get you amped up. Don't get dragged into any fights that are unnecessary. Stay safe. Keep thinking. Until next time, Gunfighter Cast out.